everyone, and welcome to another bonus episode of Broadcast His Love. This has been a special series where we just jump on here whenever I meet new friends who are using their platform to broadcast God's love in this special season of life um, as we face the coronavirus, a terrible pandemic that has really taken over the world where everybody knows about it, everybody knows what coronavirus is, and we're just trying to be prepared and it does bring up a lot of anxieties so um and fears which we do not want to have we know that fears are not from god but we have one of my new friends on andrea burks she is a licensed mental health counselor and a certified addiction professional and andrea how are you doing i am doing very well how are you good are you busy right now or what i am i I am staying very busy. I have um, I have had a full caseload for the entire year, and it's not lightened up since the coronavirus. I think everyone is um, capitalizing on the ability to use telehealth, so we're doing all of our sessions through uh, video. And okay. so, really, none of none of my caseload is lightened. It's been it's been super busy, and I'm actually seeing more clients now than I was pre COVID nineteen. I love that. I am such an advocate for getting a counselor and going to see a professional. Um, my husband and I are huge advocates of it. And even when we don't have hard times, we go to a counselor because we see it as just like checking in, you know, like getting a yeah. check. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I mean, I feel like right now you can speak to a lot of hearts or people who are dialed in and just really need help where they're at. Um, maybe they're at home. And I'm really looking for some tips from you about what you're seeing and how you're helping people from your profession. Well, um, I, I'm actually, I'm here with my son. So let me tell him one thing. Yeah, go ahead. Um, he is acting like he's dying from the coronavirus. So um, <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> I think he's going to be okay. Um, okay. So I am seeing, if you hear a lot of coughing in the background, my son is not dying. He is, okay. he is dramatic, um, which he gets from his mother. Um, so what I am seeing a lot of, a lot of similarities in what my clients are saying right now. Um, a big thing is a lot, so, you know, I, I've, I have five clients who have lost their jobs um, in the oh, past. No. Um, so that's, that's definitely a big thing. And there's a range of ages that I see. So I, I, I see mostly adults 18 and up. Okay. Um, the older, the older population of people are just feeling really alone. Um, and because they're isolated and they're at a higher risk. So they're staying in their homes and their family and their loved ones are not coming to visit them. And mm. so they're going through more depression. Um, the millennials are more bored um, right. rather than nervous. So they're just more bored than trying to figure out how to schedule a new routine and come up with a new norm um, and, and have some sort of structure in their lives. But the, the middle, the middle area um, would be in particular uh, parents who have children that are now trying to adjust to homeschooling. It's right. this huge transition and, parents' lives where they are having to either work from home and homeschool at the same time or not work from home and where they're used to having a break where their kids are going to school. Now they're becoming full-time teachers. I was actually right. just talking earlier today about how 
Um, so I'm working and his dad is, is retired and stays at home and is able to, to do the homeschooling. So we're very blessed about that. Yes, so that's great. Isn't that great? So I was talking to him earlier about how, you know, baby, you've got to be patient with your dad because he went from zero hours a week to 35 hours a week as a teacher. Right. And he is not a professional teacher. Yes, to, you know, so there's a lot of adjustment for everyone, students, parents, elderly, you know, uh, and then the young students who are in college. So one of the big things that I'm seeing is, is a higher anxiety. Um, okay. So a lot of people are trying to, to specifically with mothers, the higher anxiety related to, oh my gosh, my kids are at home full time now. What do I do? How do I get my stuff done? How do I get a break? How do I function and be their teacher and, and do schoolwork and all this? One of the things that I, I have been consistently telling mothers is there is going to be a, you know, this is an unprecedented time in the world and there is going to be kind of like 9-11. We're going to start using COVID-19 as a reference point in our lives, pre-coronavirus, pre post-coronavirus, like pre-9-11, post-9-11. And so right. it's, it's really hard to to use the same measuring sticks for progress for your children in homeschool um, that you did pre, pre-coronavirus. So everyone's in the same boat. Nobody knows how to be a teacher. Nobody knows how to, how to do this homeschooling thing. Everyone's in it together. So any regression that your kids make or any frustration or stressors or if they don't get their schoolwork done, they're in the same boat as every other student in the world. Right. And so you can't use the, you can't have the same expectations of success that you did prior to the coronavirus because every, the world is shut down and everyone's changing roles. So um, one of the th- things I tell mothers is all you have to do every day is feed your child and keep your child alive. Anything right. beyond that is if you are able to get them to do a worksheet, that's a win because you you've never done this before. So I'm just trying to help mothers stay, you know, stay, keep their perspective realistic mm-hmm. um, and then and not not think that they have to be this teacher of the year because they've never done this before, if that makes sense. Right. I mean, I love it because you're encouraging them where they're at. You're like, let's take baby steps. Let's do this day by yeah. day. Which, Absolutely. That's what it feels like. This this pandemic feels like a day by day. It's almost like when I wake up and I read a news article online or something, there's always something new happening. And each day, I mean, I'm talking to you right now, really with like my arms open of like a mom who I am struggling. Like this is going to be the most authentic podcast I've ever done in my life. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's just a place where as um, women, as even men who are teaching their children at home, we just want to be our best. And in this new normal, what does the best look like? And you're just like bringing so much clarity to that in this conversation. So thank you for that. Oh gosh. You know, it's, it, it is, it is so much to get your mind wrapped around. None of us have our minds wrapped around it. No therapist has, has his or her mind wrapped around it yet. Um, nobody does because none of us have experienced this before. So all we can do is focus on the here and now. There are so many people worried about the, the, their children not thriving or their um, stock portfolios, you know, crashing or whatever. Um, and, right. and 
and there's just, you have no control over the future. You have no control over the next moment. So you are constantly having to draw yourself back to the here and now and, and know that in this moment, in this time and space, this is all I have. And I am equipped to handle this moment because I have Jesus. Yes. I know in this moment, everything is okay because Jesus is with me. Amen. But our fears are always images of, we're forecasting a certain image. There's a certain threat. And in, in that image, it, Jesus is not there. Jesus is, mm -hmm. it does not exist in that image. So that's why it's so easy for us to be, to be so, um, our brains to be so hijacked by fear because in the future threat, we, if we fail to acknowledge that Jesus will be there if X happens, Jesus will still be there with me as my advocate, as my defender, as my protector, as my provider, as my healer. And yes. I will still have everything I have in this moment in 10 years or in five years. I'll have everything I have with, with Christ in that time. So I don't have to envision the worst case scenario happening because the worst case scenario means usually death and in death we have life. So there's never going to be Amen. a terrible experience. Yes. Well, and that reminds me of the story of Job about how he was a rich guy. He had a lot of really good things and then he lost it all. Um, and he never really found out the reason why, like he never really found out why God let the enemy just take everything away from him, his health, his children, his um, riches. And then um, he persevered and like saw God through those trials, no matter what he still believed, even when his friends were doubting him. And that's just a different way to put it. But um, he continued to believe in God, no matter what. And God told him about his amazing power and he got everything back two times. Like he, you know, he came out on the other side of this. And I think my question to you is how do we as individuals see the light at the end of the tunnel of this pandemic? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, as a Christian, and I've been a Christian for many years, so I've, I have a lot of practice doing this. New Christians, we're going to have to work at this, but um, one of the things that is just written on my soul and in my mind all the time is that I never have to worry about anything because of Christ. Um, and by nature, I'm not a big worrier anyway, but, okay. um, but as, as a Christian, we have the promise of Christ always. We have the promise of heaven um, we know that there is going to be suffering in this world. We know that there are going to be uncertain times in this world. And we are in probably one of the most uncertain times that anyone in centuries has, has experienced. Right. Um, we, you know, I, I think that the way God designed humans, um, he designed us to, to need security. Uh, because when we feel secure and when we know what to expect, our anxiety goes down. Okay. Uh, we, have, we have less fear and we feel safe. So I believe that he, he did design us with, with a need for security. But one of the things that, that humans um, find security in, well, not one of the things that many of the things that humans find security in are, are actually uh, things that are not, that, that are temporal, that are not eternal. And so we find 
security in what the Bible calls mammon, and and that would be things like money or uh, food, shelter, uh, retirement, 401ks, guns, um, anything that can make us feel physically safe on this earth. Okay. And those things are all important. We need money. We need food. We need uh, our military. We need to protect ourselves from the enemy. We need um, we need our retirement. We need plans, but we don't need to worship those things, and we don't yes. don't need to. We all we need those things with the mindset that God is the provider of all of those things, and God is the source. He is the source of all security. So all of those things come from God as He sees fit. Oh, that's so, so like. <laughs> can someone tweet that out? Holy moly, that was beautiful. Keep going, girl. I'm so sorry. Yes. I hope whoever is listening to this, like dial in. Let's go, Andrea. Okay, keep I love going. It. I'm yes. glad reaching you. It's it's yes. it's truly the way that I believe that Christians ought to view any 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 uncertain times. Yes. Now, because I'm not a worrier, I tend to be a little bit more of a risk taker than most. And so um, my family's kind of had to rein me in and, and help me realize, okay you know, you, you need to be a little bit more realistic and practical about certain things. And, and my response to that is, is you're right. I do need to do the practical ways to flesh, to flesh out our faith okay. are important to understand. Um, so w- while we have faith that God is the source of all of our security, uh, we have to practically walk in that it meaning take we have to take the the certain precautions that we have to take we have to do the social distancing because we we care and love we care about and love mankind we don't want to spread the virus and and hurt elderly people or see anyone die or suffer so we definitely have to take care of of our brothers and sisters on the planet um but as we do that and as we keep our hands clean and we stay away from everybody um we we're we're all adjusting to a new norm and so there's a, there's a very practical exercise that I've been teaching to a lot of my clients um, that I'll share on your pod- podcast. Yeah, please do. Yeah, the first, the first thing is, is a simple one-minute breathing exercise. Now, if, if anyone has anxiety or fear, the first thing you need to, to do is just calm your body down so that you can actually think about what's going on, so that you can actually think clearly. So when we get anxious um, and our heart rate accelerates above 100 beats per minute, then there's a, there's a part of the brain in the prefrontal lobe, the neocortex, that actually shuts down. And that's the part that's associated with sound judgment, reasoning, empathy, understanding, thinking clearly. And so there's a, a more visceral part of the brain um, around the amygdala, which is sort of lit up. Um, and and the, the central nervous system has two branches. One is the sympathetic nervous system and one is the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is the stimulated state. The parasympathetic nervous system is the relaxed state. And so when our heart rate gets over 100 beats per minute and our brain starts emitting serotonin, or excuse me, not serotonin, I'm sorry, cortisol and epinephrine, um, then the neocortex basically stops working in our in our Uh, sympathetic nervous system is activated and that is the fight or flight response and when we are in fight or flight when we're in in an anxious or stress-induced state we cannot empathize with others Mm. we cannot understand we can't reason with others because we are 
our, our brains are more are all about self-preservation. How do I stay safe in this threat? How do wow. I with anxiety? So the first thing we have to do when we're anxious is to calm our literally, physically, physiologically calm our bodies down. And, and we do that through our respiratory system. We do that through deep breathing exercises. Um, and so when you do your deep breathing exercises, uh, you are our respiratory system is interconnected with our autonomic nervous system. And so it actually depresses the central nervous system, calms it down and, and switches your state of operating from your simulated sympathetic nervous system to your relaxed state. So you're now operating um, from your parasympathetic nervous system. And now you're able to think clearly. Now you're able to make a plan. Now you're able to think about how do I go about the rest of my day? Okay. So a deep breathing exercise looks like, um, and I, and I always, I tell most of my clients this, um, a one minute breathing exercise is five breaths and it's, they're very simple. Okay. You slowly inhale through your nose while counting to five. It's, and it's not five seconds. It's just slowly counting to five while you inhale through your nose. And the reason you count is so that you're not thinking about anything else that's, you know, exacerbating your anxiety. You're, you're replacing your anxious thoughts with thoughts that don't create anxiety for you. Okay. Um, so you are inhaling through your nose very slowly and taking a very deep breath, you know, deep in your diaphragm. Okay. I'm doing this right now. <laughs> but keep going. Yes. I'm sure other people are too. So yeah, keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. So, so the, in through your nose very deeply and hold your breath while counting to five. You want to get a good hold, hold your breath as long as you can without passing out. That's the goal. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. The goal is to stay conscious. <laughs> uh, so, so hold your breath as long as you can while counting to five. And then slowly exhale through pursed lips while counting to five. And, and with every breath, you want to become more slow and more controlled, having more patience. And you do that five times. So you, you're, you're going to rate your anxiety or your stress level before you do the breathing exercise um, on a one to 10 scale. And okay. let's say you're at a seven and then you do the deep breathing exercise you do your five breaths, it takes actually about a minute and a half. Then you are down to a, maybe a five. Well, you want to do it again until you get down to a two. Okay. Um, it is possible for everyone to calm their stress and anxiety uh, by doing breathing exercises and get down to a two. And once you're at a two, so this is, um, this is where the, the exercise gets a little bit more complicated. Um, what, what I usually do is I say, once you're at a two, then you're able to, to, to move on and, and you're able to think clearly and, and, and all of that. So that's, that's just the deep breathing exercise. Okay. So the, the homework that I give people is to set a check-in alarm on your phone every three hours so that it, you'll, you'll, the check-in alarm will go off probably about four to five times a day. Okay. You um, said four to five times a day? Yeah. So like, okay. let's say you wake up at seven. Um, and then your first check and alarm goes off at 10 and then one, four, so 10, one, four, and then another time at seven at night. So that's four times. Oh yeah. Um, I like, I like how you said 10 AM because you know, I mean, some people I'm sure they're still getting up at five 30, but I'm sure some people are sleeping in an extra hour or so. So yeah, give yourself oh, yeah. some time to wake up, have your coffee or do your morning routine, have your quiet time. 
And then, yeah, 10 a.m., let's put that alarm on. <laughs> let's start <Yep>. breathing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, yeah. and, and people forget to breathe. They, and so yes. that they actually can pause, especially working moms. Okay. Um, yes. All so used to being busy all the time, and they just forget to check in with themselves. So right. I say set a check-in alarm every three hours to check to go into your closet or your bathroom or your room and shut the door and just check in with your own anxiety rate your anxiety, write it in your journal, it's at a seven, then do your deep breathing exercise, then rate it again until it gets down to a two. And then in your journal, you identify every single trigger over the last three hours mm. that, that escalated your stress or your anxiety. Okay. So you, you journal that every single trigger over the last three hours. And then next to each trigger, let's say you had three triggers, um, next to each trigger, you identify what did I feel the most threatened by with this trigger? What felt threatened? Because in okay. every trigger and anxiety, there's a, there's a perceived threat. So you write out what I felt the most threatened by. For example, um, I, I got a bill in the mail that I wasn't expecting. And I read the mail and it was, you know, my Gulf Power bill was, you know, $300 more than it was last month. So mm -hmm. The, I, the perceived threat would be um, I'm not going to have enough money to pay this bill or I, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be okay financially or something, something is, is going to, to give here. My lights are going to get shut off or whatever. So okay. you identify the thing is that makes you feel the most, or I have to tell my husband that, um, that the, the, the bill is high and I'm going to have to deal with his, his frustration. So everybody's oh, going to have this threat with each trigger right so you down what you feel the most threatened by and then next to that it's like doing columns so you have your trigger what you felt the most threatened by and then in the next column you write what you believe you have control over regarding that trigger okay and in the next column the last column you make a plan the plan is in the next three hours how, what am I going to do about this trigger? What am I going to do about this perceived threat? So what you're usually finding is um, that whatever you feel threatened by, most of the time you have no control over it in the moment. Okay. Um, and you, and the times you, you recognize that some of your fears are irrational and not going to happen um, and are improbable there. You know, there's a very small chance that they will actually manifest. And so then the, the planning is, is what keeps you feeling calm over the next three hours. Okay, if my son screams again, this is what I'm going to do to, um, to confront that, that, that anxiety trigger. Um, and so you make a plan. Instead of me screaming at him back, I'm going to um, put him in timeout, shut the door, or I'm going to give him an art project or whatever. You know, you, you make the plan. On a walk, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. feel in control of everything that's happening in your day. And so you do that for a week and you see, wow, okay, deep breathing, praying and, and making a plan is actually really helpful for keeping me calm throughout the day. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love this. And I love as a counselor that you're like, hey, let's take some breaths. And a lot of people use the word meditate. Like let's rest in Jesus. Like let's meditate on this. Let's pray about it. Um, let's figure out where we are and what we can do about it to move forward, to be not only the best for ourselves, but for the people around us. 
And I yep. did, I wanted to ask you about something that you said, you said that your family came to you and said that you needed to look at something, you know, like something in your life where they were like, Hey, maybe you should think twice about this or, so, you know, something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I think I just want to get your thoughts on this right now in the household. Um, at least from what I'm understanding, I mean, just walking around the neighborhood, I've heard some people arguing. I know my husband and I have had lots of tension in the house lately. Um, what do you recommend we do, um, with our spouse or just someone else who's in the house? Like, how do we keep the tensions down? Mm. That is a great question. <laughs> I love when you say that. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> well, because you're actually asking the question that everyone needs to, everyone needs answered. Um, now, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a little bit more, I, I, I guess, fortunate because I'm, I'm a single mom and I don't have, I, I get to have, you know, more quiet time than a lot of people do. But, um, yeah. uh, but, but yes, that is a good question because you're forced to be in a house, in a room, in a small confined space with your, your partner and kids, um, your, your husband and kids right. all day, every day. And it's such a change. And I was actually just thinking about that today earlier. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not married right now. <laughs> so I, I would like be barking down his throat, but like, I, I know this is going to sound really strange, but like is the answer to just be nicer? Like, do I just need to be nicer? I mean, I feel like, cause I'm what you said about anxiety, like that, all the things that you just said about the reasons why someone would need to stop and breathe are the feelings that I feel. So like, what, what do you recommend? I'm like coming to you with open arms right now. What do you recommend? Well, you know, one idea is, um, is basically sitting down with the family um, and creating a schedule together and, and, and talking about, okay, what is, what is your day going to look like tomorrow? And, and this is what my yeah, day like is going to look like. And yes. being able to, to designate a few hours where both of you, you and your husband or you and your wife or whoever yeah. are, are, have a few hours of time apart, whether you're in different rooms or whether one of you is working in the yard or whether one of you, you know, where you're just not, not in the same space. Um, okay. so, so there's a, there's physical distance that needs to happen, um, where you're, you're both okay with that and you're both working on something else. And then there, there are some bonding experiences that you can be intentional about, um, playing board games, playing cards, the, those things are so lost on our society right now. Oh with yeah. All the video games and TV and everything, but you know, pulling out the cards, pulling out the board games and saying, okay, at, at six o'clock after we eat dinner, we're going to have family, family games. And then, and, and really i I have found that a, a lot of people are needing, are, are saying, I need to develop a new routine. I need a new routine. I need structure. Okay. And so if you know expect you can write out your schedule every night or have you know have a shared calendar on your phone or something or make it visual in the house put it on your fridge or your whiteboard or whatever and and write out this is what I'm doing this is what my schedule looks like tomorrow and you have you're going on your morning run you're doing your quiet time you're having your coffee and yes. then you 
all get together and have breakfast together. Um, and then husband goes in X room to do his work. And then you go in your room to do your work or, um, you know, you, you schedule out who's going to take care of, of the child's needs or the homeschooling or whatever, but you put it on a, on a calendar where you're both in agreement that this is a good, this is a good plan. So planning and preparation reduces anxiety. significantly. Yes. So when you okay. plan it, create a schedule, then you're both in agreement. And so you both follow that schedule, you know, and then you, you and then at the end of the day, you look at your schedule and you see what worked or what didn't work and you tweak it for the next day. Okay. I love, I love how you're like, Hey, let's be ahead of this and let's plan the night before, which I think that would be really great for people who are married, people who are single, like get your planner out the night before a guy named Brian Buffini. He um, has a podcast and he's an awesome real estate agent out in California, but he says to write down like step-by-step step what you're going to do the next day. And I'm telling you right now, Andrea, I did this before coronavirus was even mentioned. Okay. But yes. ever since this coronavirus thing, I feel like my schedule has been flipped, you know, still working from home, like yes. taking care of a child. And um, my husband's here too, working from home. So like getting back on track to that um, and just planning the night before, I love how you were like, write down the steps, like, okay, yeah. we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. And, th and right. it sounds like almost, I think some people could see it as micromanaging, but it's not. No, there's freedom in structure. There's freedom in planning because then you you know what to expect. So, you, like I always say, plan to be spontaneous. Okay, okay. from this hour to this hour, I'm going to be spontaneous, and it feel it, it it kind of seems like a paradox. It feels like it's contradictory, but it's really not because there's actually so much. You're giving yourself permission at five o'clock to do the thing that you that you want to do, and and you and from five to seven or five to six, you know that that this is, this is the thing that's on my calendar. So this is where I'm going to be present. You're not thinking about the next thing because you know that that's going to come up on the, on the schedule another hour. And then that's when you'll deal with that thing. Right. Right. Well, do you have any more um, recommendations for us? I'm sure there are some people out there who would like to get in touch with you, um, get some more information, just yeah. get plugged into what you're doing. Cause I love how you love Jesus and you're using your platform to broadcast him and you're helping people out and walking side by side with them to be like, I'm going to help, I'm going to help you in this time and hold your hand. So where can people oh. go to hold your hand? <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So one, one real quick thing is a lot of churches right now are, are going online for their services. So oh, if you're plugged into a church or even if they didn't go to church before, um, a lot of people are tuning in to uh, different service times on Sunday mornings. Um, so that's one thing that you can do with your family on Sunday mornings is plug in, you know, online. Um, yes. But as far as Bayou Wellness, um, I actually have a pretty lengthy wait list at the moment. I've, um, I've got about a three to four month wait, but I have two other therapists who work with me, um, Stephanie and Ruth. And, um, well, I have three other therapists that work with me. Jenny is, is one, but she doesn't have any availability in her schedule right now. Um, so Stephanie and Ruth are two therapists that work with us that have current availability. And all okay. of our content is on our website at uh, bayouwellness.life. And so anybody who is looking for a therapist um, can check them out and okay. contact us. Oh, that's so great. That's so great. Well, um, I do. I, I love that you're a Christian counselor and 
Um, I could ask you so many things too. I did. There's one more thing I want to ask you about, about okay. addiction. So um, addiction is something that's really close to my family and I'm sure it's close to a lot of other people who are listening. And uh, uh, during these times, I think a lot of people fall on their addictions. President Trump was actually talking about it in a press conference the other day of we're going to have more people who are falling to addiction in these depressing times for what it seems as some people, you know, what would, what's like the first thing that you tell someone when you're recommending that they don't fall into addiction? Give me, give me more. I guess like, Hey, we're, we're already, we're in a pandemic right now. The president's saying, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're probably going to have people who are falling into addiction. Um, What do you, what do you recommend like to give people hope in this season to turn from what the world is pushing at them, like a bottle of tequila. You know what I mean? Like, how are we, what are you recommending from your professional um, experience? What would you Mm -hmm. recommend? Okay. That's a good question. And I'm, and I'm following it. I, I I think addiction happens when people um, don't have the tools to either communicate and stay connected with, with other humans Okay. Um, in a positive way, um, or when their fears and anxiety get the best of them. Um, and so definitely managing your stress in healthy ways, diet, exercise, diet and exercise are in, it's in all the research and all of the evidence, ev- um, in, empirical data that is out there on managing stress, diet and exercise are, are in an integral part of keeping your stress down. So eating healthy foods and getting out and doing something active with your body for sure. So you want to keep your body healthy, but also um, there, there's a huge emotional component that is, that's related to our interpersonal lives, being connected with other humans. That is a huge, huge, huge part of, of human health. Um, okay. We were designed to be in community. We were designed to be in relationships with others. And when people don't feel safe being in relationships with others, when people don't have good support, when people don't have um, good relationships, then it's a lot easier to fall into destructive ways to self-medicate. So if you have high anxiety, you want to be keeping your stress down with diet and exercise, yoga, meditation, deep breathing, um, imagery, um, all of your pausing and breathing, all of that is good, but then making sure that you have someone that you can connect with and be authentic with and, and talk about your fears. You have to talk about your fears. You have to talk about your anxieties. Mm-hmm. If you cannot be authentic in a relationship, then you're going to find some other compensatory behavior to, to medicate whatever anxiety is coming up. Oh, and I cast that fear and anxiety out in the name of the Lord. Oh my goodness. Yes. Well, and um, just as we wrap up, um, I want to, something that came to mind, as you just said, that was Psalms 55 verse 22. And it says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will Mm -hmm. never let the righteous be shaken. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And I I love that just as we end, um, I just want to encourage you where you're at. I know as we um, wrap this up, that's something that I'm going to do personally about casting my cares on the Lord. What are some of the things that are giving me anxiety? I'm going to list that out in my journal, like you said, mm. and, and, and start counting, you know, awesome. <laughs> counting, praise the Lord. So anyway, <laughs> I just thank you so much, Andrea. For oh, your thank time. you. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I love what you're doing with, with all of your 
interviewing people who love Jesus and, and have a platform for him. That is so amazing. So Oh, well, God's awesome. Yeah, well, Bob Goff has a quote that says, you're, you either get humbled or you're humble. And so like, I've been humbled in my life so hardcore. And so I think this platform is just one of those things where it's like, no, 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 let's not talk about what I'm doing. Like, let's talk about what God's doing in our life. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, using people's professions to broadcast him is like so awesome. And people are I love it. out there and they're successful like you. So thank you so much, Andrea. There's a light at the end of the tunnel and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. You too. Sounds good. Thank you. I love her. I have only talked to her on the phone, but I have loved every minute of that conversation. Andrea Burks. Awesome. I love that we dove into mental health and addiction because I mean, alcohol sales are going up. I looked at an article the other day online, alcohol sales are up 55%. So it's important that um, we stay tuned into God, stay connected to God. And whatever we're broadcasting in our house, broadcasting on our TVs, um, things that are getting plugged into our ears, don't forget, that's what's getting broadcast out of our mouths. So I'm calling the kettle black right now, but now more than ever, it's so important to be tuned into Jesus. And I just wanted to give you guys a couple things that um, Andrea said about church online. Love that. A ton of great churches out there. It doesn't matter what church you go to as long as they preach the Bible. Okay. Amen. Can I get an amen? I wanted to recommend the church that my husband and I attend. It's called Upper Room Church. They have live streaming on YouTube on Sundays. If you go into YouTube and just search Upper Room Church Pensacola Beach, it'll come up. They also have a website and it's called UpperRoomPensacola.com. So you're going to hear the Bible there. You're going to hear real life struggles there. And yeah, we just, I mean, we just want to be authentic and love God and love people. Another thing that she talked about was doing yoga, getting outside and walking, doing something to keep you active and eating healthy. So I wanted to tune in to the yoga part. There are a lot of great yoga instructors out there. Orange Beach Yoga is a great one in Orange Beach, Alabama. They have lots of updates on their Facebook page. So Um, If you don't have any kids at the house or it's just you yourself doing the yoga, that's where I would recommend Orange Beach Yoga. They have updated videos and classes there. If you have kids at the house, I want to direct you to Cosmic Kids Yoga. This is a Christian yoga site and the lady has an accent, so it's really fun for Americans. Um, Yeah, she's awesome. She encourages everyone to count their blessings. She does meditation things. Um, Highly recommend it. Another one of my girlfriends who's a Christian, this is what she does with her kids. So they're great. Um, I do want to say again, what, as I'm like struggling to breathe right now and uh, eight months pregnant, I just want to remind everyone to breathe and check in, check in with yourself four or five times a day. Maybe that's 10 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. Check in with yourself and do those breathing exercises. I'm so glad she gave us some homework. And don't let your mind be hijacked by fears. When she said that, it hit home. Like, God gave you the gift of self-control. Thank God that we have him. If you would like more information on Andrea, you can check them out online. Their website is buyouwellness.life. And you can get to know more about Andrea and the tab called Therapists. And 
I want to read this to you to encourage you today how she's broadcasting God's love using her platform. In her bio, it says, my primary aim for this practice is to be a vessel for the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in the people he sends my way. I love that. I love her. I love you. Be encouraged that there are great people out there in the world. There are awesome stories coming out of this. Um, We want to be praying for our nurses and our doctors right now more than ever. If you have a friend who's a nurse or a doctor, reach out to them. My heart goes out to them. We love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Stay strong in the season. As they say, this too shall pass. I pray that we all decrease. And God, I pray you increase in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.